welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Today's show is sponsored by Ron Rubin Winery. Without their financial support, we would not be here recording today. They've come to our rescue and are sponsoring our podcast for the entire year. We encourage you to get to know them. Check out their website by visiting ronrubinwinery.com. Welcome to episode 158. Today, our guest is Nikolai Stetz from Woodenhead Winery, and he is the winemaker and the co-owner. Welcome, Nikolai. Thank you very much. And in a perfect fashion, he, as a perfect guest, brought us some wine to start our morning. So you want to tell us about this wine? Yeah. um, It's one of our high-end wines. Uh, It's going to be the fall release. It's the 17 Buena Tierra Vineyard. Uh, E-Block, which is uh, the Clone 115 that we've been producing steadily since probably 2000. Uh, Been a highly awarded wine, uh, Best of California several times, 99 points several times at the State Fair. Oh, my gosh, 99 points. 99 points a yum. This is so plush. But this, the 17 hasn't been released yet, so it hasn't actually been... uh, been rated or anything anywhere yet. I love this. Well, we're going to rate it. We're, <laughs> we're on the inside I'm, I'm giving it four thumbs up. Yeah, I give it the hundred. Wow, it's amazing. Oh, good. Yeah, this is really lovely. An incredible way to start our morning. Yeah. So we kind of coaxed Nikolai into being our guest because we actually, this is very funny, but after our, one of our last podcasts, we would went out to eat and he was sitting next to us at, at, um, psychic pie and it was very funny because i said are you a winemaker <laughs> because he's wearing the wooden head hat and it turns out he was and we kind of i said Strong you wanna, armed we want you to be on a on podcast <laughs> he's like i don't listen to podcasts he's like i don't do that and i said well you will do it for us will you not and he fun. so graciously agreed so we're glad you're here i'm kind of old school yeah but uh you got me wrangled into this yes well, we're really <laughs> we're happy yeah, yeah we're fun <laughs> so i want to know the genesis of wooden head the name Ah, well, that was given to me by an old girlfriend, um, <laughs> believe it or not. and uh, I believe it. Uh, <laughs> I wonder why you say that. You don't even know me. I, I uh, feel like we've known you for a long time. <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, she thought I was stubborn and single-minded and, uh, you know, wanted to get my way, and she nicknamed me Woodenhead. Oh, my God. And uh, so it kind of stuck. That is priceless. That's amazing. I would have never, I never would have that. guessed that. I always thought it had something to do with viniculture. I thought it had something to do with the barrel. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Well, it does have something to do with the barrel as well. So the wooden head on a barrel, the yeah. head of a barrel. So it just one thing, you know, morphed into another. And it was as good as anything else. Everyone else was naming their wineries after themselves. You know, the this big ego tripping thing. Uh, even though I went... I worked at William Selium, which was named after the two owners. I decided not to go that way and, and just decided to call it Woodenhead. I love well, that, that you in a way own, is named after I love you. that you own the nickname and that you admit it was because someone somewhere thought you were maybe stubborn. <laughs> I, well, I think, you know, sometimes stubbornness, that's what makes a good winemaker. You don't, well, you, you know, know what you want. Yeah. You don't I don't know up. any winemakers that are not stubborn. Yeah, you're yeah. holding out for what you want. Sure. Relentless pursuit of perfection. Yeah, exactly. You're like Alexis. It's a car ad in the making. So how, from Woodenhead, how did, you say you worked at William Salem, but how did you get to start your winery and... Well, let me uh, give you the story. So I was born and raised in San Francisco and um, 
since I was little, uh, just a few months old, uh, you know, mom and dad had a summer cabin out in Guerneville on Neely oh. Road in a place called Vacation Beach. Oh, nice. And uh, there's actually photos of me being bathed in in the Russian River. In the River. Russian River. Oh, my gosh. From way back when. Priceless. So I'm, you know, I'm 68 years old now. So I've been around these parts for a while. Baptized in the river. And yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Baptism in the river. Exactly. So, um, you know, so I, I lived in the city and then went to City College of San Francisco and decided the city was not for me and moved up here and went to the, to the JC for a while and, uh, you know, studied biology and horticulture and some viticulture. And then I got into the real working world. I became a, a union painter and then a union carpenter. Oh and then I had a, um, um, a back injury uh, and that kind of changed the course of things. So I decided to apply what I had learned in college, um, you know, back into to the real world. So I worked at Spears Market where I met Ed Selyam. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. Spears, there's an icon yeah. of Forestville. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And uh, so Ed got me started in the wine world, and then Bert and Ed were starting a winery. And uh, I ended up plugging in over there on, at harvest time and, and – and working with them, and one thing led to another, and uh, so I worked at William Selliam 17 years or so. Oh, my Lord, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so. Uh, On a by-chance meeting at a grocery store. Right. You know, that's right. awesome. That is a great story. Well, and I'll itself. tell you what, uh, uh, Ed Selliam set me up uh, years ago. There used to be a thing called the Greenwood Ridge World, Wa- World Wine Tasting Championships, and uh, my girlfriend then, Katie Noonan, and I... Um, uh, both worked at the store at, at, at Spears, and Ed kind of set us up into the into you know getting into this tasting and uh, uh, and he would kind of coach us. He would he would you know give us wines and 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 you had to tell the appellation, oh, yeah. the varietal, the the vintage, and all those things. And Kate and I uh, we went up and and got into the competition and we. Came in second place in in doubles. Oh wow! So was this blind tasting? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, I don't know that those uh, championships, the Greenwood Ridge uh, uh, Winery Championships, exist anymore. But that was one of my first introductions yeah. to wine. And then, of course, I started plugging in for harvests at William Selliam. Back then, it was called Hacienda del Rio, right. and uh, and. Uh, one thing led to another, so I became very good friends with Bert. Bert was actually my uh, one of my best friends ever, and uh, of course he passed away several years ago. And um, and that's that was the genesis of that's uh, that's amazing. So I'm going to segue. We usually do this at the end of the show, but a book I have, I actually left it in the car. But the we always have a book of the day. My book today is the Concise Guide to Wine and Blind Tasting by Neil Burton, which is. Just even if you're not a real wine geek, it helps you so much appreciate wine and the nuance and understanding the different um, characteristics. But it's really a book that preps people for blind tasting mm-hmm. and how to understand how to pick out the region. And, and you know, it's amazing that that's how you got your start blind tasting because that is not easy. Uh, it is not a hard. parlor trick. I'm always it's, a giant failure. Yeah. It's very much, it's a very integrated. It's like one of the hardest things you can do. Mm-hmm. So um, just quick segue, that's my book of the day. Okay. And it just <laughs> pairs perfectly. So We do nothing in order. That's one thing you learn about us. <laughs> we always have a plan and then we never use it. <laughs> it's all good. All good. So from there, what gave you 
So I worked there from about uh, 1982 to 1998, and in 1999, I decided to start Woodenhead out on our own, and I was given a uh, a chance to work at a space called Topolos back then. Oh, my gosh. And uh, so uh, the genesis of, of Woodenhead was at Topolos because Michael and uh, the then winemaker Jack Jacobs gave me, rented me a little space to work in, and I brought in my tanks and, and uh, started working there, and we started making wine there. And uh, so one thing, it's been, what, 19... 99 was our first vintage, so uh, this year is going to be, what, our 23rd vintage wow. as Woodenhead. So, uh, wow. So when you were there making wine there, you didn't wouldn't have had any way to taste it. Were you just going and t- trying to talk to restaurants, or how were you selling it at that point? Uh, we were allowed to have a couple of events in the back yeah. uh, uh, twice a year, mm-hmm. and uh, we started off very slowly, a couple of hundred cases, yeah. and... Uh, and we've grown since then, and then of course we've contracted with the economy, and right. uh, and hopefully things will get better and we'll expand again. Right? Yeah. Have you always been on River Road there? Well, uh, one six Topolos was on one sixteen. Uh-huh. Uh We lo- we moved to the property on on River Road in two thousand eight. Uh, where I found, uh, I talked to an owner about the previous uh, tasting room that was used to be called Villa Pompeii. Oh, that's right. I forgot Villa Pompeii. Yeah. I mean, I know where you're at, but I forgot there had been something before you. That's because the volcano came <laughs> yeah. and wiped them out. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. So we took over that space and remodeled it. And uh, at that time, we were still making uh, wine at Topolos. And then I had another opportunity um, uh, that came up, and we moved into the facility that used to be Rabbit Ridge, oh. which is now owned by uh, Ken Wilson and and, oh, and, Matrix. and yeah. his company. So at the if you drive into Matrix and you go up way up to the top of the hill, that used to be the R- R- Rabbit Ridge Winery, mm-hmm. right. and that's where we're located now. So we are we uh, have a lease there, and uh, and we're the only one making making wine. We make our own wines. We're not a custom crush for anybody, and right. we don't. We're, we're not made by custom crush. Right. We, we do everything ourselves. Yeah. We being you, me and two other two uh-huh. other uh, uh, compadres. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a beautiful location that you have for your tasting room. Well, you ought to see the location of the winery. <laughs> yeah, well, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a great view of St. Helena. It's a great yeah. place to work. We're very, lo- I'm very, very lucky to have that place, and thanks to Ken Wilson for that. Yeah. So, when a customer, someone comes to visit, what kind of experience can they expect? Are what you know? Do you taste through what the flights are of the day, or the different portfolio wines? What's what's can yeah, someone? Yeah, it's usually expect? flights of the day. The gals in the tasting room um, kind of determine what we're going to be drinking because there are quite a, a, a few different skews. Uh, but it's we're not a like a high end modern uh, luxury experience. We're kind of uh, family kickback. Real people. That's You're Sonoma. Sonoma. County. That's just that's, Sonoma that's County. That's what yeah. we like, right? Well, but Sonoma County is changing. Well, it's every, right. I think, but the roots are in what you just yeah, described. Yeah, and I think the value for a customer or for you know a visitor is that they can have all of that. They can go to the rural, rustic Sonoma County feel, or they can go to a bigger luxury property where there's garden tours. I mean, and then they can go to wineries a like AVV, just as expanding their cave, so you can do cave tours. For me as a visitor, I'd want to see all of that. Yeah. You know, I want the variety. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Cool. But that's we're not luxury that way. No, huh? our, some of our wines are get to the pricier end, but that's just because 
what uh, Russian River fruit is worth nowadays. Right. So uh, you have to play the game where you have to play the game. Otherwise, you, we wouldn't survive. Right. How many varietals but, are in your portfolio? Well, Pinot is my expertise, but I like to play. Uh, so Every winemaker. <laughs> they always want to try something. Yeah. Uh, you know, Zinfandel was the second wine, but, yeah. uh, you know, I've done everything from Carignan to Charbonneau to Petite Syrah. Oh, Charbonneau. Uh, Where'd you I get that? I say Charbonneau. Hmm. Uh, Charbonne is from uh, um, Mendocino like County. Mendocino, yeah, it's not yeah. much of that planted. Uh, sparkling wine, Chardonnay. We oh, do your a, sparkling's delicious. French Columbard. So, uh, and you know, this year that uh, we're going to be getting some uh, a Grenache Noir that was planted for me in in oh, wow. in, uh, in Mendocino County as well. So, uh, you know, I I love Pinot Noir to death, and that's my first choice. But I'm. I'd, I'd, I'd feel cheated if I didn't make other things. So uh, right. uh, there's you more wanna, to life than one thing. You want to have an advantage of using all the colors in the palette. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We had a, uh, my house last year a tasting of all the sparklings, and we had your wooden head there. It was, I think that's when I was opening it. and. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, it was priceless. <laughs> oh, we I have a big deck that overlooks, uh, like a road goes by, and people are just like, "What are those women doing up there?" We had this all these bottles lined up because we were tasting it's a, a variety. It, that deck sits above, you know, it's high, so the her yard drops down, and then there's a road coming up. So we're up there. We have all these bottles that we've opened, and we're tasting and spitting over, spitting over the, over the rail. And yeah, yeah. And people are driving by, and I'm like, "Oh my they god, were, what do we look people like?" People were horrified. <laughs> but what looks? But like your wine was a standout. We're like, we "Oh really yeah, we set that it. one aside." But there's three sparklings mm. now, so there's. There's a Ooh. natural, there's a there's a brute rosé, and there's a blanc de blanc. We had the blanc de blanc. Okay, it was lovely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but yes, because we were ta- it was. I think we had like 14 wines. You know, we couldn't drink them all. So no. I just remember that one driver, like, oh my god, what are those women I doing? I just love that they we were spitting without thinking. People driving by, that yeah, this looks good. Yeah, we had to get through all those wines, <laughs> especially when they're looking at all the bottles but, lined up on a rail. But anyway, oh. so that's that's quite a range that you offer. Yeah. Yeah, it is quite a range. And uh, yeah, I've been told by my uh, business partner that we need to tighten it up a little bit. So uh, we'll really? see. Yeah. <laughs> they're, not a, they're not a wooden head, your business partner? Uh, well, they're they are, stubborn. but uh, you know. <laughs> stubborn, <laughs> they're stubborn in their own way. <laughs> she thinks we're making too much wine and I, I, and I don't think, I, and I still want to play. So what Okay. Can I say? Well, then you have to bring your no- moniker to life, like resist. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I don't know. I I'm think we're going to have to edit that out. I'm giving you some life. No, I'm telling you, be a wooden head. Yeah, yeah, I Do know. Do what you want. I'm, I want I'm, Nikolai to play with I'm all the I'm living true grapes. to the word, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, our wines are made a little bit differently than everyone else's. And, and in the fact that we don't, you know, bottle them before the next harvest. So... Our wines are usually in barrel 17 to 18 months. Not Now, there's wow. not many people that do that no. anymore. And we're a, a, not a, just a gravity winery, but we don't pump. So that you won't find any pumps at our place either. So that that's those are the two main things. And uh, and there's one more, so I should say. So if it's not say. gravity, how's it working? It has to be. What do you mean? Well, we push wine. Okay. Yeah, with inert gas. Oh, okay. Okay, with usually nitrogen or, uh-huh. or argon. Okay. But uh, the winery is built as such is in it's in kind of three levels, and so we go from the top level down to another level, and then from that level down to another one. Okay. So most of it is moved by gravity after fermentation. Mm-hmm. But so it's 
key is it's a gentle process. Yeah. Yes, right. Well, it's interesting you say that because this tastes very developed. Um, you know, it, well, it's it, a 17, and yeah. we're just releasing it. Right. And so you often get a lot of wines released quite quickly, and they have a greenish feeling. Mm-hmm. And But you can tell that this is really, you know, it's still going to progress quite a bit. Absolutely. But it's quite lovely right now. Yeah. And my wines are will age uh, beautifully. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm drinking old wines that are way, you know, older than 10 years old, and they're still holding well. Uh, you know, one of the things that we do and that we're able to do, because we're not rushed in our process, that is we have about, mm, we, we do uh, open dairy tanks, open top fermenting, okay? So the cuvées, the, 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 the fermentations actually go, in Pinot Noir, they go anywhere from 21 to 24 days. The Zinfandels are in tank mm. for 35 days. Wow. Now, tell me anybody else that's doing that out wow. there, because they... You know, when they're in a rushed space like that, they need to get the wine in. That's the thing. There's crushed, one thing has to happen, yeah. And, and they have to get it out of mm-hmm. tank. Mm-hmm. That... A lot of a lot of people use enzymes and everything. We're you know, we're non interventionists, the new catchword nowadays. Right. We've been doing non interventionists for as long as Forever. we've existed. Right. Yeah. So uh, that 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 makes us stand apart from everyone else. So for the listeners, descri- tell us what non interventionist means. Um, well, we're not manipulating uh, uh, with You're not putting uh, additives and chips and in chips and additives. Uh, we do add acid, like everybody else does. Uh, you find we need to do that, but not with all the vineyards. But uh, and we're not we're not SO2ing the wines before fermentation to kill off the natural flora and fauna and uh, the bacteria in the wines. We work with it the way it comes from the vineyard, pretty much. But you would not call that natural wine. No. Okay. Natural wine usually means that they're not using any uh, antioxidant like sulfur or anything okay. like that. Because sulfur is a, a stabilizer. Yes. Yes. Right. Well, I think people always think sulfur is like the bad guy, but really right. it's it's not. It's really just a part of stabilizing the wine in a way that makes it age well. Right. Right. Um, yeah, and I won't go into in my feelings about natural wine. I know. I've heard no. them, so yeah. I've heard them. <laughs> I got a little earful. So yeah. I wanted to say how we uh, – I think we said we met Nikolai, but he does have some strong opinions on natural wine and yeah. says I have opposite ideas. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> and, and, you know, more power to him. If you like that kind of wine, uh, you know, I'm kind of old school, uh, prehistoric guy, so I'm uh, I'm with the way it's been made for centuries in, in, in Europe and everything, so I'm – I'm kind of sticking with that. Yeah. And what uh, the new guys are doing, organic and biodynamic, and that's all good, you know. And uh, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I mean, there's, it's a, there's two different camps. And but the beauty of it, there's something for everybody. Right. So that's what works. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just so. like you and your orange wine. Everywhere we go, I, there's I do, orange wine on I, the list. Well, I'm like, oh, but, seriously. But I love orange wine. I want to make an orange wine. Okay, oh, so man. I Good um, luck with that. Good luck. I love orange wine, amber wine, because I spent a lot of time in Croatia and places in, in Georgia. It is an ancient wine yes. that has come new again. And when I first became acquainted with it was really in Italy with Radicon. And they, I mean, there's so much to orange wine that I find just mind-blowing. And the the flavor profiles and where it can go and what you can do. And if you're using amphora, I mean, all the best. Mm -hmm. But I I find that uh, I just 
I get a thrill out of orange wine. She, she does. <laughs> but there's nothing like seeing these giant amphora and that's how wine was transported for many years. So are you going to make an orange wine? I Put me would, on the list. Not if his partner like is saying no. <laughs> That's she says enough and I say not enough. But you know? um, what, like, we need orange wine. what would you make it from? I would uh, try making it out of French Columbard. Oh, my. Yeah. Wow. So it would be a high acid. Uh, uh, it would be on the skins for a long time, so you'd get a lot more extraction. I'd like to see what that, that would turn would out like. That would be so interesting. French Columbard. Well, who's your partner? Maybe I can talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> Zina Bauer is my partner. Oh. Call her up and Zina, talk to her. I I'm Zina, I'm calling you. I'm coming Zina. to see. Where do you live? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's my business partner. Okay. Anyways. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, I want to say one other thing. A lot of people ask me, well, do you have a degree in winemaking and everything? And I just want to tell everybody that you don't need a degree. This isn't all science. A lot of this is intuitive, you know. Yeah. It's like you're the medium, of wine. So it's just kind of flowing through you on what to do. It talks to you. You talk back to it. And uh, that's kind of, that's kind of my, that's kind of my thing. It's more of a cosmic thing with me than too much of a science thing. That's why we met you at Psychic Pod. There you go. (laughs) All the the stars are coming together. Well, it, it is like art, you know, right? Isn't any expression of art, any medium, it's you can be trained, but it also is a, it's coming through you. It's a channel of your creativity. You know, and I didn't get that until many, many years. And I go, well, maybe this is art. And now I feel a lot, a lot that it is. It's so amazing to hear you say that and put that into words because you really do make amazing wine. And so it's like you're giving permission to people to do that. <laughs> I think that's, that's exactly right. You got to think out of the box. Yeah. I yeah. always see... That's what the beauty of wine is because everyone has a different expression. You can right. take make a Chardonnay very different from somebody else. Mm-hmm. That it's you using these materials and what it makes can be very different from somebody else. And that's what's fascinating and fun about wine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what God nature gives us. And, yeah. uh, and yeah. you work with it from there. Yeah. Yeah. So that is awesome. It's time for our fast five. Okay, so who do we have on the line today? You have me. <laughs> yeah, I have Marcy on the line. I made her go sit in the parking lot and call in. <laughs> Yours truly calling from my car. <laughs> so what is your recipe today, So Marcy? my fast five is, um, it's called vinegar chicken with crushed olive dressing. Nice. And it sounds odd, but it's really good. So you take um, some chicken. Good, good oh, idea. No, I, I have to give you the ingredients, right? Yeah, give us the five so, ingredients. Chicken, but it's it's the bone-in, like chicken thighs is what I use. Oh, okay. So bone-in chicken thighs, mm-hmm. um, turmeric, olive oil, white vinegar, and then you Castellano olives, but I use like a mix of oh, Greek olives. I use a mix of all kinds of olives. Mm-hmm. And then my little twist is I also throw in some of those little red papadous. Oh, I love those too. So it gives it a little mm-hmm. zing. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you take, you heat the oven to 450 degrees, and in a baking sheet, you put the chicken, and you toss it with the turmeric and the olive oil. And be warned that the turmeric is stains. Yeah. So be careful, don't touch your shirt or your face. Not the hard way, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you kind of mix it all up, and then you put this chicken skin side up, Mm -hmm. and then you pour the vinegar Around, I didn't give you the amounts, but I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. You pour the vinegar around the chicken and you put it in the oven for about 30 minutes. 
And then while that's in the oven, you take your olives and the papadous and you, you chop them all up and you add a little bit of the remaining olive oil from the portion mm-hmm. that I will give you later. <laughs> the magic number. Okay. <laughs> and you, uh, you know, mix that all together. And when the chicken's cooked, you take it off the sheet pan and then you put the olive mixture right back into the juices mm-hmm. and you mix it all up and then you pour that over the chicken. Okay. And it is so good. It's just this kind of vinegary. It's bright and a little bit sweet from some of the olives, and it goes great with a rosé or even a chardonnay mm-hmm. or bubbles. That sounds oh bubbles. You threw that in for me. That does sound great. I love um, those olives. That tang- tangy flavor. Yeah. And it's super easy because I make it. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Marcy cooks. <laughs> Okay, she's multi-talented. Okay, well, we will give that a try, and we'll put all the instructions in the show notes. Yes, and I'll put all the accurate amounts. Yeah, good idea. Okay, thanks for calling in from the car. All right, bye, Beth. Bye. Okay, anything else? Anything else anyone needs to know about Woodenhead if they were to come and visit and say, I heard Nikolai on the podcast? Pay attention to the wine. Pay attention to your partner or the friends you're drinking it with. Um, I consider these wines special. They're not factory produced, and uh, there's a lot more to to them than you, than you know. Yeah. I love that. That's exactly I'm right. I'm going to channel it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, wow, it's like emotional. I like it. <laughs> so I kind of slipped in my book, but yeah. that is a great book with Nikolai as a guest. It's called The Concise Guide to Blind Tasting. So I'll put that in the show notes. So it is appointment only at the winery? No. Walk-ins oh, are walk-in. welcome. Yeah. Okay. So... I'll put a link to the website to go to Woodenhead. I'll put a link to the book. I'll put a link to this beautiful wine, which will be released soon. And then, you know, Marcy, I I do have more. Oh, (laughs) Beth, I saw you looking at me, and sometimes I'm not sure if you're looking at me because I'm just so fabulous. I always have more. I always have one more thing. I have to end with things. Excuse me, folks. One more thing. One more thing. Actually, today I have two more. Two more things. Uh, two more things. <laughs> One is just that this time of year, harvest is in full swing. And this is really what I consider sort of the golden time to come and visit. There is just so much energy and positive feelings just driving around. Um, and it smells good. It, sm- it smells great. I, like I drive from Cloverdale into Hillsburg and you can just, you really can smell it. I can smell it on the freeway. It's amazing. It smells great. So this is definitely a great time to come. You can go to wineroad.com and check out our event calendar. Wineries have so many things happening. They have harvest celebrations and happy hours and live music. And, you know, you can just, wherever you go, you're going to be seeing grapes coming into the crush pad. And it is just exciting and exhilarating and the energy levels, you can feel it. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is that, uh, just remind people that tickets are on sale for the Wine and Food Affair November 5th and 6th. You can log on to wineroad.com for all the details. So Wine and Food Affair is a full weekend of food and wine pairing at over 40 wineries. And the big news this year is that it is not reservation only at each winery. So you buy your ticket and then you can go to any of the participating wineries on Saturday or Sunday. So you just need to pick a start-in winery and check in there and then... You're off and running. Back so, to the original wine and food affair, November 5th and 6th. So that's it. All right. Great. Nikolai, thank you so much for coming. I know you didn't want to come here, but you It you're was here. so great. It was, it was meant to be. Like everything yeah. about this whole conversation was in the stars. And I mean, for us to sit next to you and yeah. at the restaurant that was, and meet, that was great. it was amazing. And what's funny too is after you left, someone was else was sitting there and 
And it's just a lesson in be careful what you say because you never know who's sitting around you. But I said, what idiot parked in the middle of the parking lot here? <laughs> and, and I look at him because that's my car. It's the guy next to me. So then we've wrapped up our pizza and left. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. Anyways, be careful what you say, folks. But enjoy life and eat pizza and drink Woodenhead wine. Drink Woodenhead. Yeah. Enjoy the wine road and cheers, everyone. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Bye.